you're listening to You Should Read This, a comic book and graphic novel review and discussion podcast. My name is Ryan. And I'm Alan. Uh, and today we're talking about a book called Buzz. Ooh, Buzz. Uh, you know, that that great old American pastime of spelling bees. Is it American? I feel I like... feel... <laughs> I feel like competing on something like this is uniquely American. I was totally just about to say the same thing. I was going to say that, like, it's something very mundane and unwinnable. If it's a competition, it must be American. Yeah, it's just like throwing a ball into a basket. Also, you know, our need to take children and make them appear as if they're, you know, like, smarter than adults, which we love doing. And our, our need to, like, quantify and, and lock down language. Honestly, I'm okay with that. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like that's something we should be doing. I have this thing against, like, shows that put kids on a pedestal. Like, the whole Junior Hell's Kitchen and, uh, like, dance competitions that involve kids. Like, oh, anytime, sure. you, anytime you tell a kid, like, wow, you're so good, and you're just ruining it because, you know, they get older, and then they're not as good anymore. Alan, were you a, a gifted and talented kid in elementary school? No, I was very jealous of all of them. Okay, let me tell you, as somebody who was, all right. Later, you were like, later you were like, I earliest later I was like, well, what happened? <laughs> yeah, come, I, I how feel come like I'm not like that anymore. I definitely feel like that's the case. I, yeah. I for me at least, it's it was just down. grades. I got really good grades in elementary school and then just dropped off in middle school, and I realized I had to start trying. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> but mine was high school, but. Uh, I don't know same, if that same thing, but better. different. All right, so let's talk about this. So speaking of spelling, uh, we're reading, we're discussing this week a book called Buzz out on Ani Press. Uh, it came out um, kind of a while ago, like 2013. So that's six years ago now. I Gosh. feel like, yeah, I feel like when you say it out loud, it's a long time. Yeah. But in my brain, it's like, well, it's only like five years, you know? It's not a huge, it's not like we went, 1,000 years into the past. It's just, it's five years. It's not that big a deal. I don't know, man. 2013 was a, there a lot of things that were different. Oh, it was a wild time. Yeah. It was, it was the wild west of the internet almost. No. No, that's not no, true. That's not Early true. 2000s was a wild west of the yeah. internet. Yeah. You everybody, know it. Everybody already had Facebook by 2013. The world was already <laughs> going to hell and we just didn't know it yet. Um, so this is a book um, written by... Ananth Panagaria, or actually he goes now by Ananth Hirsch, um, with designed by Jason Story, uh, illustrated by Tessa Stone, uh, edited by James Lucas Jones, who is the typically the dude who edits Ani Press stuff. Yeah, um, he was, and, and I think like he was until like last month the editor in chief of Ani Press for as long as I've been paying attention to the books that they put out. I mean, Ani Press, I feel like definitely got a huge boost in that. 20 like late 2000s uh like era especially because pilgrim halo i was about to say yeah once scott pilgrim kind of caught on they started making the big bucks and then you know options and i'm sure they i'm sure they got a bunch of money from that movie option i'm sure that they got some money but honestly i bet that because they're like image or like whoever that the the you know it's it's still creator owned they mm-hmm. probably didn't make money. It was probably um, Branley O'Malley who made the money on the, the film option, and they made money on people going and buying the book. Um, let's go, just because I'm, I'm very interested in this all of a sudden. I just want to run through the wiki that just says, founded in 97, 
because uh, I'm in, uh, founded in 97. I feel like that's earlier, but also later than I expected. Yeah. They I kinda, were always, I, I don't know. They've always been like this sort of scrappy underdog in my mind. Yeah. Um, and they've, it seems like it's almost always been sort of like American manga influenced comics. Yeah. It it definitely feels like it was part of that time where manga was really getting into the mainstream in America. Yeah. And was really trying to capitalize on on the new and emerging art style and creators who were who were growing up with anime that wanted to draw anime. Sort of like that panel we went to. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh at uh at Comic Carts. Did we talk about that on the podcast? I don't remember. I don't either. I think we, we did. went to a panel at Comic Carts LA if we haven't talked about it. That was specifically about the people who grew up idolizing anime and getting into manga and then decided to start making comics. And it was like a whole bunch of luminaries and it ruled. It was a super cool panel. We tweeted all about it. If you follow us on YSRT Comics on Twitter, uh, you can see all our tweets about it. Oh, I forgot um, Black Metal was also on Oni Press too. Yeah, yeah. And I still see that in reprints constantly. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that was a fun book. We should maybe reread the, maybe we should read the second one since we read the first one already. Yeah. Chewy, Chewy loves that book. I had a lot of fun reading it and I didn't expect to. Yeah. Anyway. So that's, that's Oni press. Um, definitely still around. They have a pretty decent sized booth at Comic-Con most years too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, a, a lot of it is the Scott Pilgrim thing, but they, they also ended up, uh, I think intelligently getting a lot of licensed stuff kind of like boom did. Yeah, and then uh, people who are who were doing web comics to work on licensed comics, and sort of like pulling them into that that quote unquote real comics world. I feel like uh, they've probably got a couple web comics. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like anthologies, reprints. collections. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but speaking of getting people who work on web comics. Oh to yeah, for write sure print comics this book that we're discussing buzz where's uh where's anant from man <laughs> uh i mean one of my favorite web comics called johnny wander mm-hmm. and they started doing um like years ago they started doing um autobio comics about themselves and it's adorable and uh anant will write them uh with his well now wife yuko oda who's like an amazing illustrator in in her own right and uh and they sort of started doing um autobio stuff and it got popular and then they started branching out and doing other like singular projects like it went from once they were kind of done with the autobio thing they started doing um i think we talked about uh, uh tessa before we started recording we, we started talking about tessa doing a webcomic called is this what you wanted which was featured on the Johnny Wander website. Like that's where that comic was hosted. Um, and then they did uh, something called uh, Barbarous, which is currently the one running right now. So Johnny Wander is almost a brand at this point. That makes sense. Like it's, it, it's almost like a, like a mini web cog web comic publisher. Yeah. They, they did, just keep switching out. Uh, they did lucky penny too, right? Oh shoot. Yeah, they did do lucky penny. I which forgot about they that. Kickstarted. I think we read it on, on the ultra on four color commentary. Yeah, uh, we really liked it. Also, uh, it was, I like man. I like his style. I like it the way he, he writes just, comic. He writes good, like ev- every person's, like hopeless every person's. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I think the word hopeless is specific in that category. Yeah, just sort uh, of like, oh, you, you poor dear. You, <laughs> you sad sucker. Yeah. But in the best possible way, in a very relatable way. Yeah, of course. Way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like we song. both really wanted... We both really wanted to read this because I think we both really enjoy this style, this era, this sort of... I don't know what to... It's, I feel like it should fit in a specific subgenre of some called. I have no idea what that subgenre would be called. Um, I've heard a, I've heard the phrase Amera manga. Oh, okay. Which is would fit like, uh, you know, Brian Lee O'Malley stuff. Uh, probably you know a lot of Brandon Graham stuff. Um, any any of that, it, you know, anything that's like James Stoko. Uh, yeah. Any of that stuff that's like, hey, I'm I'm super into Bosma might fit. Like, I'm basically making manga for whatever for me. Uh, you could probably fit like Becky Cloonan in there too. Depending some of her stuff. Yeah. Depend. Yeah. Depending on depending on which stuff it is. But also, there's this. It's. I really like it because this is the first sort of like American manga that does the thing that mangas do where they take something that sounds boring and dumb <laughs> and they make it incredible. Hey you man, know, like Prince of Tennis or, uh, I knew you were going to go to Meshi, sports delicious and dungeon. Uh, like both those, like, like you just, if you pitch them to someone who's not totally a nerd, like, Oh no, it's this totally rad book about people playing tennis. It's like, it's a, they're doing what now? It's like, Oh no, this is a, this is a really cool book about cooking as an adventure. It's like, Oh, well, do they do adventures? Yeah, but it's mostly about the cooking. Uh, and then this one is, this is a really rad book about underground spelling bees. <laughs> and it's it, just... It's ridiculous. Really? Yeah. I, no, and, and I mean, like, on the, like, purposely, actively, intentionally ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely over the that, top. It is. It's over the top. It, it's messing with that convention of the genre, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, that like kind of lampshading it, but at the same time indulging in it. It definitely has a feel of, well, we're going to go as hard and as crazy as we can. Uh, and you're just going to have to accept it. And like, if you're into that, you're probably really into that. And if you can't sort of, if you can't go that deep into the pool of disbelief, then you're, you're just not going to really like this book. I, it definitely, this book specifically um, does share that with Scott Pilgrim. And it's one of the things that I really, really, always loved about Scott Pilgrim was it had these rules for the world that could get added to at any point, no matter how ridiculous. And everybody and would just be like, Oh yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. It's like, of course. Vegan. He's got vegan powers. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was the other thing. Uh, like, is that a safe point? Yeah, that's a safe point. It's, it's just like, wait, nobody's questioning this. It just is what it is. Um, and and that's I think Buzz does that in a fun way also where it's just like oh yeah underground spelling bees also when you say words you can manifest them into you know being and weapons or falling rocks or whatever it is yeah which oh, I do want to talk go ahead and this guy's definitely possessed by an alien entity oh no <laughs> oh yeah the the cosmonaut uh we'll get there Let, we should go over like the basic premise first all right um. So, I mean, the basic premise is this kid, and he's like a freshman in high school, right? Going to high Sorry, school. Sorry, what's his name, Ryan? Uh, what is his name? It's Webster. It's Webster. And, and his guess sister's who... name is Miriam. There it is. 
<laughs> that took that was probably the launching point i feel like like that was the first step i'm gonna be honest with you i feel like this happened like the naming thing happens in a lot of mangas and i just don't get it because i don't speak japanese yeah well you know well i mean like yes but sort of kind of i mean the thing about japanese names is they all actually the kanji is derivative of this other thing like Technically, the way you write this person's name uses the kanji for these other two things. Well, yeah, because so, there's like there's like multiple layers of puns. Exactly. In Japanese, you can have like visual puns or like the way these words are constructed puns. Right. It's it's almost a superior language to English just because of the depth of puns. Yeah, but it also makes it ridiculously hard to like learn to read and write. Yeah, which. Hey, you know what? To be fair, English is also really hard to learn to read and write. Yeah, that's fair. Eastern and Western languages don't. (laughs) Nice. Call them out. Good job. Um, So, yeah, the the basic premise is uh, Webster, and he's a nerd, I guess. It's just like his general personality. He's got glasses. He's got weird, unruly hair because manga, I guess. Yeah, because he's on him. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he just, on his way to his new high school, gets roped into a black, I don't know, it's not black market, it's not, I guess it would be underground, I guess would be the best way to describe it, but like an underground spelling bee, because he gets roped in by this dude wearing a ridiculous coat. Yeah, and, and the uh, dude just straight up, like, he bumps into him, he drops his book, the dude picks up the book, and then just walks into this unlicensed underground spelling bee, and he's like, hey, hey that's my book, give, give me my book back. <laughs> it's like we want it go get it and then he throws him into the spelling bee and next thing you know he's spelling and as he's as they start spelling um and there's like a there's a there's a guy dressed up all snazzy who's giving out the words and he seems to be like a sort of ringleader type which i found super enjoyable as a, a part of this whole thing like having somebody that's not just competing he's he's sort of the rule maker yeah um and then that's as you spell like in a situation like this I oh for sure that guy yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I totally understand that. All right. Um, yeah. I would be more interested in creating a, like, fake handle that they all have to use in order to compete in the spelling bee. You would, and it would be astonished. It would be atrocious. Everybody would hate it. I'm sure it would be terrible, but, like... And I would announce it super loud just to, like, just to, to feel the power of the groans from the audience. Well, I gotta figure out what my shtick is first. If you were you know? a spelling bee, an underground spelling bee champion? yeah competitor it, 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 you'd, it, you'd make some sort of really dumb pokemon pun oh man i'm gonna think about this yeah i'm i'm yeah i'm gonna think about this later because tweet. right now my brain is not functioning tweet like normally I'm, if, if you can yeah, think tweet. of a really good one or or, or just be? or if you do a buzz sona let's get let's make that happen sona. i did uh, you see um all the spider sonas that have been coming up yes. on spider verse i love it it makes me so happy it's super good, and I feel like I missed the train on it. Like, I missed my opportunity to throw mine in the ring. I don't you know think what I mean? you did. I think it's still there. You, you think can, I could do it? You can make a Spider-Man as also a Pokemon trainer, Alan. <laughs> you know what I saw? Like, for so, <laughs> everybody that does... man Oh, wow. That's just bad. Don't even... Um, everybody's <laughs> everybody's Spider sodas all have hoodies. Like, that all was... of them. Some of them just have hair. You know what I'm going to go for? I'm going to go for the goggles. Ooh. I have to go straight anime and just go straight for oversized goggles and headphones there you go and yeah, like yeah. amplified spider sense through the headphones you're just you're just gonna be a jet set radio character 
I'm okay with this. No, yeah, no. I mean, I, I got an Xbox One for a friend, and literally the only game I played on it is Jet Set Radio. Why? Why wouldn't you? That would it, be it's the number greatest one. game ever made. So we've got we haven't gotten to the point where, and I keep trying to get there, but we haven't gotten to the point where when you're spelling, it creates words in the world? Question mark. Yeah, like it, it's it's. And it doesn't always happen. Like, at least it's inconsistent at first. Mm -hmm. Um, In that first unlicensed spelling bee, it doesn't happen. But maybe it's when you're in a certain... No, because then it happens the first time that that they call him Goldilocks. Uh, It definitely seems like it can happen anywhere, but it doesn't just happen when you're speaking. It only happens when you're spelling. Yeah. But yeah, it's like a physical manifestation of either the letters... Or the meaning of the word, or and sometimes both. Yeah, or the word can be as long as you're spelling it correctly, you can turn it into like whatever else you want. Mm-hmm. Like he turns the word instigator into a shield, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but yeah. it works for the blocking the attack that what's his face? Uh Khan, who is the dude with the super weird jacket. Yeah. Um uh like throws at him. Well, yeah, because because uh, he throws he throws galvanize at him, but like as yeah. flaming letters. Which I mean, that's not really what galvanize. Galvanize means like to rust over, right? Well, or no, like... it's it's like to to coat. Like you gal- oh, yeah. galvanize okay. steel won't rust. It's Ryan, I know you only know that word because of Galvatron. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Can't fool me. Um, I've been. He was voiced by Leonard Nimoy in the movie. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Who? Um, it wasn't even the last Transformer voice that he did in the Transformers movie. Have you seen the the toys that made us on yeah. Netflix? Oh gosh, it's so good. Did you watch the Transformers one? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was crying <laughs> the whole time. I was, I'm joking. It no, was interesting. Rosie and I loved it. That's that's a really good show. It's really worth watching. I heard a rumor they're doing a third season. Yeah, no, I uh, I saw that also, and on Twitter they were they already showed what they were gonna do. I think Ninja Turtles might be on the list. See, that's that's one that felt like it was missing. Oh, for sure, Ninja Turtles has its own long storied history as well. Yeah, I heard that they're rebooting the movies today. <sighs> sure, at this point, is it uh, even a reboot? No. I mean, I feel like. Uh, like it's 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 gonna be it's gonna get to the point like they just keep rebooting stuff faster it's gonna get to the point where it's just like oh we got a new movie reboot of this franchise just every year just a new superman movie every year a new batman movie every six months with a different i'm I'm just i'm just gonna put out there right now that there are only two good ninja turtles movies the original uh 1988 movie yeah uh 89 movie whatever it is no what no, that movie is terrible. How it is dare not. You? It's so good. Oh, you're the worst. No, and the 2007 animated movie. The 2007 animated movie is very good. It's very good. Like it has so many different like it, little it, things here and there. It calls back to the original movie. Yes. And very it, well. it works as a sequel to Secret of the Ooze. And it's got it's uh, it's animation is very good for the time. The yeah. voices are all spot on. Like mm-hmm. it's got some good characterization. We should be talking about comics. No, yeah. I mean, Ninja Turtles are comics. Okay, let's talk about this comic. Let's talk so about we get Buzz. our third. We get our third character. Yeah, uh, and I totally am forgetting her the name. Black Bonnie Queen. The Black Queen, who's who's very much the rogue. So if we have Khan, who's a rogue, then we have a second rogue. I don't well, no, know, she's like... she's sort of like <laughs> she's like the like the establishment player 
you know, the, the one to take down who's like, she's like the champion who's the new guy's friend. You know, the like respectable champion. Yeah. As opposed she, to Khan, who's the, the black outlaw chief who's been blacklisted. He's the outlaw. And then there's the unstoppable killing machine competitor. Right. That, they don't come until way later, but she's sort of like the, like the champ who's like, Hey, you, you could do this kid. Yeah, she she definitely seems like she's the one on the inside. Yeah. Because she's also very chaotic neutral. Yeah, but she's as, also as like, as... she's the one who has all the backstory and is also constantly right. ribbing Khan about like, yeah, except you got kicked out, but I'm on the inside and I'm working both sides and I'm triple crossing everybody. That is one thing that I was a little confused about like at first was it seemed like they knew each other pretty well. Mm-hmm. But then in other parts in the beginning of the book, it seemed like they didn't know each other pretty much at all. They had just sort of like known each other through passing because later on when we learn about the spell luminati who's in charge of you know who wins and who loses the spelly bees um turns out that she is one of the new inductees and it looks like he's been kicked out so she probably took his place yeah and like was aware of him um so when we go back to the beginning of this book once again uh the point that you constantly make which is read it through and then go back and read it again you can sort of see everything slightly differently yeah like she probably knows him from being kicked out of the spell Illuminati. I think that, I think that they know each other on a couple of levels levels. Cause they're also like hardcore flirty from the very beginning. Yeah. And so in my mind, the, their backstory is like, they had like a star cross lovers, illicit romance situation. Okay. And he, they ended up, their paths diverged when she decided to get inducted into the Illuminati and he got thrown out, thrown out at the same time. Yeah, that makes sense. But then when when the book starts, they have both sort of like disavowed each other. Yeah. And it's like, it, we know, like we know we have history together, but nobody else does. So we're just going to pretend like it doesn't exist. I guess that makes sense. I, I mean, in my mind, it makes sense because of how quickly they sort of like are ribbing each other and then are close and are both I working def- with this boy. Yeah. I mean, that's, I def- that's my headcanon. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's what, you know, what they intended. Yeah, and and that's one of the things about this book that I like, but also I'm not super stoked on, is the fact that it moves so fast. It does. It moves real, real fast. It's a single story arc. It's not like... It's it's a graphic novel, and it's, what, like 180 pages or whatever it is. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's short even for a manga. Yeah, and so they definitely had to... They definitely had to compile everything down, which is fine, Um, but it does mean that getting those relationships across is a little bit harder to do because mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of investment time. I mean, especially I feel like they could have pared it really down and it would be, it would have been almost kind of a, a single character story. Yeah. But I think it's deeper than, you know, I think that they, they spread it out a little bit. We get multiple characters developing and changing. True. But yeah, it has to happen. Like a lot of what happens is unspoken or unsaid. Yeah, you have to just sort of figure it out. It it expects you to sort of build your own backstory, just kind of like to to use a metaphor. You know how uh, in the gutters between panels, all kinds of stuff could happen. Yeah, or between page turns, the the amount of time between a page turn is not static. Uh, it's it's sort of like that. It's just saying like, hey, clearly something exists in the backstory of these characters. All right, let's keep going. Yeah, and right. And it honestly, that's kind of what I like about this book. Also, is it just really comes down to, you know, what 
what do you want to happen? Sort of like, what do you, oh man, I don't know how to phrase this. Uh, headcanon, I guess, is a good way to put it. Yeah, but the background I re- is multiple choice, maybe. I really think the the absence of content is more content in some cases. Yeah. And uh, and and I like that about this kind of book because going back to the the main comparison that we have for this, which is Scott Pilgrim, which is a little weird, but um, uh, I like that also. That's one of the things I like about it is the absence of whatever happened until you know characters show up again and be like, oh, we've gone and been doing this. You're kind of just like, oh, they just cease to exist for a little bit, and I can kind of piece together what's been happening in, in the background. Um, that being said, it is pretty compact when we get into the actual spelling bee itself. Mm-hmm. So the first one that he gets into is real quick because he only has to take down one dude. Yeah, um, it's like he spells just a handful of words. Yeah, and then the second one we get multiple players. And so the first dude he takes down is the uh, the all-star, all-star American guy who's the you know jock with all the ladies. But it turns out he's cheating, so there's that. Then when you get to the big the big game, as it were, oh, we get a cool montage where he, you know, is studying very hard and learning new words. Yeah, I yeah. Guess. Like he goes to school, he deals with like, I got in trouble, I shouldn't have done this. And his sister's like, what are you doing? I know what you're doing. Don't, if you're doing what I think you're doing, you better not be. You got to stay away from the spelling bee. You know, it's, it's what took our mom and dad away from us and drama, sort of. Yeah, but then other, but then he's got this guy Khan. Like you're the chosen one. Yeah, I don't know Khan. That's that's one thing I'm wondering. Like, does Khan know he who he is from the very beginning? I want to say he does. I feel like that's the only logical answer. Because is he, he would have to because he's part of the spell Illuminati, so he would know uh, who uh, that that final boss character is. Right. Do we do so, spoilers on the show? I never remember. Man, I don't. I don't know. I kind of like. I'm kind of avoiding them because, like, I, I I don't see enough people talk about how great this book is, and so <laughs> I want people to be like, "Well, wait, I got to know who that is, and I, I got to read it." All right, that's what All I'm right, going well, for with this one. As that's opposed fine. to I'll like, if we read like you know a Spider-Man collection, it's like, yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, it's the Green Goblin every time. No, sometimes it's uh, Doc Doc Ock. Uh yeah, but sometimes Doc Ock as Spider Man. Oh, let's not, let's not do that. <laughs> um. Okay. So, but which leads me to my favorite part of this book, though, which is the like the big game, as it were, the big tournament. Yeah. With all the different new characters in it. The big like, finale. The cosmonaut who got lost in space and just spent time reading books and playing word games, and then basically brought back a unknown horror from the abyss oh i love the backstories of each one and he has like these giant blank eyes yep oh man it's so good and then he has tentacles coming out of his mouth which honestly i think was maybe a little overkill but it was still pretty good well i think the idea is like it's not just coming out of his mouth but it's like inhabiting his person yeah he's no longer a human person uh my favorite one though is the immortal like the the bout with the immortal where he's like He's just, he was been around since the first spelling bee and he just wanders the world. And every time they have to spell a word, he pulls out the etymology, the history and the popular lexicon for it. I'm just like, oh, this is so good. I want a whole book of this. I know, right? I, I want, I want to, I want to, his prequel. I just, and he's super suave. 
you know, he's he's like basically if they were gonna make this into a movie, that would be Idris Elba. Well, and I love also that like he and and the golden kid who he ends up going as is just they're just like, hey man, let's just let's just do this for the for the purity of the sport. Let's just spell words. Yeah, man. Let's just like let's just spell some words, man. Like let's just do it. <laughs> it's so dumb. Oh, I love it so much. Um, uh, oh, we forgot about the psychic. Oh yeah, who's like this cult uh made they pinned all their hopes on spelling powers on this girl She's apparently some goth girl it's so weird and she has a very um like manga reaper-esque outfit which i find aesthetically pleasing yeah well no i really like that that battle because that's when he first he uses like trepidation and turns it into a sword and she throws thaumaturgy at him and he slices it in half and yeah. I was just like, Yeah, it's D and D battle. <laughs> I was about to say thaumaturgy. Where else do you get thaumaturgy from? Yep. Um Yeah, and then sort of they go through the big fight and then you get to the big bad boss at the end. Um, meanwhile, Khan has to go take down the organization from the inside, so he goes to get the files, and there's a cool, like, there's a cool scene there that I kind of wish they had played out a little further, which was, um, just going rogue spelling, so, like, there are no rules. Like, this is, this is where, like, the whole manifesting words thing gets a little weird, because there are no rules, there's no arena, they can just sort of invoke this power where they spell things and then throw them at the throw them at each other. Right. Yeah. Like just it's just now become a superpower. Yeah, it's just a thing that they can do whenever, and Which is that's kind awesome. of. And I'm just kind of like, hmm. I okay. I'm just gonna have to go with it at this point. I'm this far in, right? Yeah. And you get he's some like fighting that guy in the hallway. Yeah, and then you get some backstory on him, which is kind of cool. Like everybody has some pretty cool. Like, as far as character backgrounds go, like, if you're making a D&D character and you handed me a character sheet with one of these backstories, I'd be like, this is pretty good. I like this. Uh, yeah, and, and then we get the cool conclusion and the heartfelt, you know, uh, reconvenience. Was that the word? You know what I'm... Where they, you know they what I'm come back at. together. Yeah. And, and we get uh, the title of the book. We get the title of the book. And we get a, a nice little uh, epilogue. Yeah. That's good. So, it wraps it up clean, but it but it also like leaves it open for you know future stuff. Can I draw the next one? I would. <laughs> I would draw the next one. I'm just gonna oh, I'm just gonna man. tweet at a noth be like, hey, if you want to do a second buzz, like I got nothing else to do. <laughs> like, but I'll quit my job. It's fine. Uh, let's let's talk about the art on this book. Oh, can we? Okay. So so at first the the first thing that strikes you is that it's it's a two color book. It's um, black gray and yellow yeah man like a bright bright yellow like a almost a neon yellow you know yeah like a like a like a highlighter but not like a yellow green highlighter but like one of those old school just straight yellow highlighter like it looks like it's been run over a sharpie a couple times like it's picked up a bunch of black Mm -hmm. in it and like just made it a gross like deeper yellow color (laughs) it's so specific alan but i know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) <laughs> thank you uh, um but also uh the yellow doesn't have any sort of um uh what's what i'm looking for like rhyme or reason to it it's just sort of like there and it's a, it's a then it's somewhere color. else yeah and and they use it to like highlight important characters but also color certain characters but then also 
color certain backgrounds like the yellow just sort of gets moved wherever it needs to to create a dynamic image yeah it, which, it works to sort of give an extra dimension to the to the art it's sort of like a it's not like an emphasis but it's it's really like an extra dimension you know it's it's like something in this world can be in shadow totally black totally white or it can be yellow you know, and, and depending on the action, it like it like a lot of times it's used to show movement or to show uh, or to make things pop. I mean, it's it's like a really masterful use of one color like that. It is, I would say, like masterful is like a good word for it. Yeah, I, I it's this is it's one of the situations where like I wish I had this in print. I only have this digitally, but I would imagine the yellow just explodes on the page. Yeah. Especially if you get that black. And, I mean, the gray sort of gets dialed up and down as ne- as needed. Yeah, it's, um, it's not just a single gray tone. There's like a 80% gray or like a 20% gray. Like there's a lot of different gray shades in there. But it's interesting because it's, like it's not a screen tone either. It's not like a traditional manga screen tone. It's just gray. It's yeah, just it's the color gray. it's not like an ink wash. It's just gray. And the yellow is just yellow. It just looks like one marker or one digital brush or whatever you want to call it for the whole thing. Um, which is something that I really, really like about the art style of this book. Um, it's loose. It's super loose. But it, it basically looks like um, somebody did a storyboard or an, uh, or an animatic. And then um, used that style for a comic. So like some of the lines are uh, really well thought out and um, purposefully rendered, I guess is the right word I would use. Um, and then some of them are just sort of thrown together to create, you know, background or uh, motion or, uh, you know, shading or whatever it is. And it just sort of kind of looks like it got thrown on there. But the gesture drawing, like the the amount of movement and dynamicism that goes into um, each panel is very well placed. It's it like it's a loose art style, but it's in no way messy, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I, and I think... Maybe part of the looseness is, um, you know, that concept of like on model, on model, off model, like the characters, like how in Archie comics, Archie always looks like Archie exactly the way Archie is supposed to look every single time. And I, and I think that the characters on this really stray from that model. Uh, and that helps it feel loose. Like you never lose sight of which character is which. You, you're always pretty sure you know who is who. But like panel to panel and page to page their faces can vary wildly depending on what they're doing if they're jumping or if they're shouting words and stuff yeah and uh, man it's it's so cool to and it's fun it's super fun to watch everybody's like clothes get blown around and facial expressions go crazy and um and environments change and there's not a bunch of background in this book either like it's just a lot of silhouetting for the most part. Yeah, and there's a lot of white space. The white space is really well used. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, it's one of the things that I really, really like about this book is just the general, well, let's just throw some stuff on the page and see what works. But the panel layout, especially with the spelling bee competitions, is so good because, once again, we go back to, like, movement and the panel's on most pages can just be standard rectangular pages um, and panels in like a grid format. But then when things get crazy, things get tilted, blown off, um, 
bleed into another one. Uh, some of them have borders, some of them don't have borders. Uh, and they're just sort of like all over the place. And it creates this like crazy tension. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it makes it crazy like, whoa, something crazy is happening. What's going on here? Everything's all over the place. Um, but it really gives you that sort of like chaotic, especially when they're in the middle of these high, high stakes spelling bees. It still sounds silly to say it, uh, but it really, it makes it like, it really amps up. Yeah. The, the anxiety, the tension in the page. Yeah. And honestly, that's just kind of all I want from that. (laughs) And also like, we can't talk about this book without talking about the letters. Oh man. Like obviously lettering in a book is always very important. It's one of the reasons that there's a person dedicated almost specifically to lettering, but this book is about letters and not only that, but like dynamic font changing letters. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think that this book specifically is one of those things that can only exist as comics. Oh, for sure. You can't do this as prose. If you animated it. No, it might work as animation. It might work as animation. But the thing is, because the words that they're saying are already on the page as speech bubbles, that transition from those words going from just speech bubbles that you kind of ignore as dialogue to becoming actual physical objects. Like that line is really blurred and it makes it really, really exciting and really, really interesting. It sort of like breaks a weird third and a half wall. Yeah. That's a weird concept, but yeah, it's it's like if there's a fourth wall where they talk to the reader directly, this is sort of just messing with their comic environment yeah dialogue and pulling words out of things it's super super clever i mean that would make sense you know uh, one thing that uh that i was just looking at i was flipping through here and i found it was uh page 117 where um bonnie is fighting the i think it's the pretty boy yeah the jock guy and he uses a symbol i think it's supposed to be an x but it's a really weirdly shaped x well, is that what that is? In the page before it, he says, you've ruined, ruined everything. And it's the T from the word everything. Oh, weird. Because it looks like a sword. And then he yeah. grabs it, obviously, and he starts fighting with it. She pulls out two capital A's, which yeah, turn goes, into like... She goes, ah, and then grabs the A's. And then turns them into like hand weapons, which is super cool. Yeah, like ninja, like ninja weapons. But this gave me a thought that like would be interesting to explore uh, if there was ever a sequel or something like that, which is uh, different languages. Oh. So like Japanese kanji, for example, like, you know, you, you can speak the, you speak the, um, the character and like pull that out of the thin air and turn that into something. You know that if they did a sequel to this book, there would have to be a character who spoke in emoji. Oh goodness. Really? You know it. Like we're talking about, the language. physical aspect of language, the visual aspect of language. Someone would just say train, but there would just be the train emoji, and then there'd be a train there. Yeah, that's fair. That's a very good point. Oh, man, that would be weird. Oh, that would be cool. Um, so, yeah, the art, the art in this book just blows me away, and the concept is just super fun. Tessa and... Stone is an incredible, he did just incredible work on this. It's so good. Um, and like I said, it, it's just, it's a style that I feel like you can only obtain 
when you already know what you're doing, mm-hmm. like on a very detailed level, because this is effortless but very tight and it's intentional. It's intentionally messy. And only somebody that that knows the rules can bend them in that way. Yeah, I I I, I would imagine, Alan, that it's not that it's effortless, but that it looks effortless. Right. But it's probably super hard. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Um, and it's probably like one of those frustrating things. I'm sure it's frustrating for you as an artist who's like, oh, this looks, <laughs> this looks super tossed off and gorgeous. Right. But in real, in you know, in reality, I'm sure that you know, it's it's that that classic like, it takes forever to look this casual. Yeah, <laughs> I have to get up three hours early to make sure it looks like I didn't comb my hair. Exactly. That's pretty great. Um, but yeah, uh, man, this book was was super super fun, um, and just like it was a good ride. You know, like it's it's a nice encapsulated book. It's relatively short. I mean, you can read it in in less than an hour. Yeah, and uh, I, I would say it's also like friendly for for grades for kids in school. Like it's oh, there's yeah. nothing in this book that that makes it so that my ten year old couldn't read it. Yeah, agreed. This is. I mean, you just have to get past the the big word usage, but maybe they have to look something up. Oh no! But I mean, like a lot of times, the big words are defined. Yeah, because that's they're true. Like, oh, can I have a definition of that? That's true. Well, the one guy does get riddled with letters. Yeah, I guess that's true. But there's but, no blood because it's all black and white and yellow. That's true. No, it's just ink because they're letters. Get it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Go just drink like in your psycho. Milk. It was okay. It's chocolate syrup and psycho for blood because it was a shot in black and white. Um, well, Ryan, where do you think we could get this? Because um, I know I've I've seen it in local comic shops. Yeah, you can definitely get it in a local comic shop. If you talk to your to your your person at the local comic shop, they can order it for you. Uh, I would imagine this is available on the Amazons. I'm sure it is. Oh, for um, sure. I mean, what I'm, is in it at this point? I'm confident that it's on Comicsology as well. Uh, if you want yeah. to read it digitally. Um, I, I picked it up at a humble bundle in we both did 2014, <laughs> uh, which is five years ago now. Alan, don't say it like that. <laughs> I mean, you have to, you have to put a little bit of you know love into that. You can't just throw it on the ground like that. Yeah, just get used to it. You're getting you're one one more, one more step closer to the inevitable conclusion. Oh, great. So anyway, I, I hope I get crushed by letters. Hey, that would be a good way to go. <laughs> and now a truck's going to fall on us. Gosh. Okay, sorry. Getting dark. Getting dark. Yep. Let's, let's pull it back. Let's... All right. Um, Alan, how can people talk to you on the internet? Um, you can find me at Marginally Talented, M-R-G-N-L-Y Talented on pretty much any platform. Cool. Uh, my name is Ryan Roop. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, mostly uh, at Ryan Roop, R-Y-A-N-R-U-P-P-E. You can... Uh, read what I think about music at prestigeformat.com. Oh, I guess uh, you can look me up and see that I draw things. I forgot we can plug other stuff. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Follow look at look at Alan's art on uh, on Instagram. M R G N L Y talented. Yeah. I I really liked the uh, the um, this is gonna date this episode because we record these way in advance. Uh, but I really liked the um, the I can't Smash Brothers mains that you were drawn. Oh uh, yeah, that was yeah, fun. You got mine. You got mine. The Splatoon, the um, the Inkling, the Inkling. That's one of mine. I still can't beat my son regularly, but it's because <laughs> he's a terrible cheater and he plays like a nightmare. 
I'm I'm training just to beat him for you. I'll get retribution. Yeah, you've you've got to you've got to figure it out, man. What can we do? Where can people reach out to us on the show? Yeah, hey, uh, you can follow the show uh, YSRT Comics on Twitter. You should read this comics on Instagram, right? Did I get that right? Yep, you got it. Um, uh, we're also at you should read this dot club. Uh, tell your friends. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we could use a, a couple five stars, a review or two. Uh, yeah. If you if you want to um, send us a DM, you can do that. We'll be happy to read questions and answer them and, you know, do all the stuff that normal podcasts do. We'll be sponsored by Casper or Quip or whatever it is soon nah, enough. Nah, so nah. We're, we're, we're a hundred percent ad free. Okay. You want to, you want to somebody wants to give us money. <laughs> there it is. Everybody's uh, got a price. You can, we've, we're on the Facebook even. We are on a Facebook. So, I mean, you can go, you can do that. If you want to like us there. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.